0: what's up world welcome to the first episode of garage talks i'm your host right here desmond reynolds aka the peacekeeper this is the bricklayer today this is the first episode so i thank you guys for tuning in we got a great guest today by the name of andy l brown andy how we doing man good man how are you oh missed yeah, you. Good. Bro. good to see you man <laughs> thank you for being here today
1: absolutely my pleasure being here yes of course how's life man life is good life is busy yeah, but good. Kind of busy. There you go. You know, there's a lot going on. A lot of, a um, lot of developments. A lot of things we're working on. A lot sure. of things that you know keep keep life pushing. Keep it exciting. Yeah. Um, keep it challenging, which which makes it all worthwhile. I think.
0: Of course, that's yeah. what keeps it special, right? That's sure. awesome, man. Well, you want to go ahead and tell the world about yourself a little bit. Who you are, where you're from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my name is Andy L. Brown. I am. Uh, I'm the director of the Gospel Choirs and Ensembles at the University of Oregon. Um, I've been teaching there for 15 years now. It's crazy, it's been that long. I uh, got my undergrad at University of Oregon. Um, I also played football there. I'm originally from Watts, from L.A., went to high school in Portland. Okay. And so, I mean, at this point, I suppose I'm... I suppose I'm an Oregonian. Yeah. I, it it pains me to say that, because you know it's like L.A. L.A. You know what I right, mean. Right. My heart is still there. Well, I mean to be to be fair, it's there because of the weather and there the diversity. Yeah, my family pretty much most have moved out of yeah. South Central, so you know everybody's on the outskirts. But it's just it, it's 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 the vibe of L.A. that I like. Right, the, the right. diversity, the fast pace. There's so much to do at all times. Yeah, I love that. Um, but I've been very blessed to have my path be what it was and what it is here in Oregon and here in Eugene. So, um, yeah, I am one of five of my mother's children. Wow. Um, my father and mother divorced and my father remarried, had three more kids. So I'm one of eight of my dads. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, he and that his second wife, they divorced and he remarried my mother. Oh wow, yeah, so um, and then he was in l a while that was happening. Oh, okay. then he moved back up to to Portland to be with Ooh. me and um, my siblings and my mom, and we all shared a small house in Portland yeah. and got the building on it learned Lots construction the hard way, <laughs> man right I wasn't a fan <laughs> I wasn't a fan, but um yeah, and, but it taught me a lot being without a father, right. Then having a father, oh, I was in foster care at, at one point too, during, during all this. Okay. And then being in foster care. How
0: long were you in there for? Three years. Three wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. I was in there for three years because of just some some mess that happened as as a child. That, you know, yeah. I had nothing to do with, but uh, just some church mess. Yeah. Some church mess that really destroyed a lot of families. You know, church has a way of hurting a lot of people. You know. Yeah. It. it a lot of people have that story, but. Um, but still, I was very blessed to have to have a father yeah, I was very blessed to to in spite of all that, still have a love for the Lord Definitely. Um, I was very blessed to in spite of going from a place of such diversity to going to foster care in Salem, yeah where at the time there was no diversity mm. you know, I was blessed yeah. to 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 experience all of that right you know yeah. so I think. Trials have become blessings, for sure. For
0: sure. For sure. You know, I, I love how you really look at that. A lot of losses are lessons for you. <coughs> and that's, I think that's definitely huge. It's definitely huge. I mean, gosh, life, that's really something that we learn as lessons, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tremendous. I don't blame you, though. I mean, Lakers got more championships than the Blazers do, too. So I don't blame you. <laughs> Wanted to <laughs> want to stay with L.A. for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, how old were you when you got to Oregon once everything went down?
1: So I was in foster care. Actually, we were at this, uh, this farm compound that was owned by the church. Oh, wow. That was in Sandy, Oregon. Okay. And so the church was very big. It had a lot of corporate sponsorship, celebrity sponsorship. And so it owned property in different states. Okay, okay. California, Texas, and in Oregon. Gotcha. And we are at one of the Oregon properties. Hmm. And I was three years old when the CSD came in and took, uh, seized all the kids because of just some drama and some tragedies that happened there. Gotcha. And, and uh, been in Oregon ever since, actually. Wow,
0: okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you get out to Oregon, you start going to high school out here. Mm-hmm coming to high school, is that when you discovered football?
1: Um, No, no, no. I started playing football in middle school. Okay. And I didn't even like football. I liked soccer. Soccer was my sport. Mm. But then I wanted to be like my brother so bad. My Mm. big brother was my role model. He was my guy. Gotta have those. And he loved football. Right, right. And he wanted to be a football player in the NFL. You know, he wanted to be like Barry Sanders you know that was his favorite football player okay okay and so because I wanted to be him Mm -hmm. I said me too (laughs) me too I'm I'm following your lead that's exactly what happened so he was in high school he's six years older than me so he's in high school I'm still coming up you know and I'm just watching him do his thing and I'm thinking okay when it's my turn I'm gonna do it too I'm gonna turn it out yeah yeah. and you know that's kind of what happened you (laughs) You know Um, but yeah, yeah, if it wasn't for him, I, I, I would have been an MLB, um, I mean MLS guy. You know, yeah, yeah, major that, that was that was that was my. I loved it. that. Man, right now, they're making the most money. they making bank. They make bank. International superstar. Man, a, it's it's that's the sport of the of the globe. Jeez. And we know nothing about fandom over here. Comparatively, we know nothing about superstar. Oh, athletes man. over here. Oh, man. It's about soccer, Major League Soccer, yes. footballers, man. Woo.
0: Football, <laughs> man. <laughs>
1: so that's that was where my path was. If it right. wasn't for my brother, I wouldn't have never went to Oregon. Wow, simple as that. Yeah, never have happened.
0: So when you were so when you were in high school, mm-hmm. is that when Oregon took notice?
1: Yeah. So my junior year, I had a breakout season. Okay, uh, it was the first year that I, I started. Gotcha. Um, varsity. Okay. You know, I, I used to swing as a freshman. I swung varsity, you know, it's kind of good. Yeah, yeah, but then, yeah. but there were seniors ahead of me. There were people ahead of me. Right. Uh, my junior year, they all graduated. Now there's no excuse. You know, and, you know, there's, there's politics in high school. You know, the PTA is like, no, my son's going to play. Oh, you man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. They think it's kid sports. Man. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> it's amazing. So there's cats who, oh, you know. The his mom's the president of the PTA. Right. He's gonna get in. He's gonna be a starter, yeah. where well, he probably shouldn't have been, mm. you know. Mm. But you know, they got pulled like that. So like that's kind of that. what happened when they graduated, right? You know, then there's no more excuse. Let's play yeah, the best man. people. Yeah, and I was one of the best people. There you go. Um, and it was me and this other cat named uh, Olani Shabomahi He was a half white, half Nigerian. That's a fun name to say. It's a great name. <laughs> I, I loved it. it. Great name. When he told me yeah. what it was, I, I'm gonna learn that. I'm gonna remember it. We call him Nee for short. Yeah. Um, he went to a private school. Okay, uh, that didn't have a, a high. Sp- I mean, a football team. So he he came to my school. Oh, word. That's where we met, like, man. And he was just a big bruiser, yeah. knocking people over. We were like a one-two punch. He would just Sheesh. run people over. I'd run around, folks. Juke. I became the Barry Sanders of of, of the crew. Right Hey, there, we go. And. There we go. Kept me safe, had hey. no injuries. Hey. <laughs> you know, when you learn how to avoid, yeah. <laughs> I was little. I was little until my junior year in college. Really? A? Oh, yeah. Oh, I was man. little. In high school, I think I graduated high school at five, nine and a half, 168 pounds. Really? High school graduate.
0: I could not have told. <laughs> when I met you, man,
1: I was like, uh-huh. this dude. Well, yeah. Well, I had a great um, strength and conditioning coach. Okay. Jimmy oh. Radcliffe, probably the best in the country. Really, no exaggeration. Gotcha. He has tens of of Olympic Olympians in it, under his belt. That's number amazing. a number of gold medalists. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you were that, blessed. That's to what be... he does. It was a blessing, and I didn't know at the time. Definitely. I soon found out. This yeah. man wrote probably two books this thick Sheesh. on on the importance and execution of plyometrics. Okay. That every. Every serious athlete or athlete's coach okay, okay. in the world knows about. Him. That's the man. He goes Gosh. overseas every year to like Russia and uh, you know all these other serious powerlifting uh, countries yeah. and gives gives all these talks about plyometrics and and lifting how to do a technique. He's the guy. Oh my! He's goodness. the man.
0: So disciplines top of his list.
1: It, yeah. I thought I was disciplined. No, I didn't. No, I wasn't disciplined. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say no. I want to sound good. Right, no, right. it wasn't. I had no discipline. Yeah. I had a base. Yeah. I had a base. Thank you, Father. My dad gave me a base. Yeah. Jimmy Radcliffe there you go. turned it up. Not only did he kind of instill discipline, right. but he instilled accountability yeah. on another level.
0: Yeah.
1: If it wasn't for my pop, I wouldn't have been ready for Jimmy Radcliffe. Because not only did he require excellence of you, he tells you he he believes you can do it, but then he will do it with you. There you go. Anything he asked of us to do, he would do it with us, and that's how I. I it, it just changed my entire mindset. Oh yeah. On how how I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to just talk about something. I want to be about it. Be about it. Because I saw this old man, 55 years old. Outrunning 19-year-old athletes, mm. D1 athletes, mm-hmm. all American. Wow. I saw him outlift um this 365-pound Uso Samoan. Jeez. Just mm, power clean. Uh. He's like, you you can go harder than that, sir. Sir. You can do He's like coach. I'm 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 tired, I'm hurting. Like, I'm just sitting here watching it, he said okay, has him step off the platform and just uh, perfect technique, Mm. drops it and walks off. Mm. Doesn't say now you do it. He just said, okay, came and did it. Now, Jimmy Radcliffe Mm. is 5'7", 150 pounds soaking wet. For real? Yeah. Sheesh. And outlifted one of our strongest guys on the team. Oh, my gosh. And walked off. That's that's. I said to myself, that's the kind of accountability I want to have. Yeah. That's the kind of man I want to be. Right. So a lot of things that seemed like they were difficult and they were annoying, they were tedious. Some of the best things mm. some for me. Definitely. Some of the best things for my life yeah. came from things that I did not want to go through at the time. Yeah, And I think a lot of people can say the same thing. 100%. You know, um, I got one person, Class is Clay. Uh-huh talked about it i hated
0: every minute of training uh, uh, yeah but i knew it was all worth it in the yeah end.
1: yeah i mean we see his prestigious career
0: that's it i mean just throwing one name at you
1: that's it that's huge you know who else said something like that huh? mike tyson oh he said i hated to train right. i hated to train right. but you gotta train like you love it like you love it if you train like you love it and nobody defeats you. No, nobody can mess with you. It's like that's the mindset you got to have. You got to be right. ferocious. You gotta, you gotta train like this. There's nothing better, nothing greater. Right. And this is something you hate the most. This is the most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This is the most inconvenient. Mm-hmm. This is the most unfavorable situation for you at in the moment. But you yeah. gotta do it as if you love it. Ugh. And that, that just struck me in a way. That it causes me to look back. That's what Coach Rad was doing. Wow. He says, Listen, we have a hundred of these um uphills. I mean ten of these fifty yard sprints uphill. The hill is this steep. Ten of them. Okay. We get it. The last one, oh, we're struggling, but we get it. It's like maximum effort. Let's go. And then we're proud of ourselves. We just did 10. But he'll say something like, Now I know we said we're gonna do 10 but I want to get better today. I don't know about you, but I'm going to do another one. He's not even playing. He said, I'm, I'm gonna going to do another one. And. oh, So then we're like, we're not about to let this old man outwork us oh, man. in a workout early summer. 20s just right. right. There's no want. way. So that kind of accountability, that kind of discipline, that kind of gravitating and, and, and you know, he doing it like he loves it, he lives for this, mm-hmm. and I believe you I couldn't tell me otherwise. Right. I believe he loves it. Right. I know you don't because nobody likes being broken down in their body, mm-hmm. hurting, wheezing, gasping for air, or you know you're on the brink of of a failure if you're lifting. Nobody likes that, but you like what it does for you. Exactly. You like what it does for you mentally. You like what it does for you physically, mm-hmm. and so we're like, okay, yeah, we're gonna do it too. And it got so common with him to where, even if he wasn't at a workout, there were a couple leaders that on the team that ended up doing the same thing. Yeah, we just did ten. I don't know about you. I'm gonna do 10, two more. So it
0: instilled in you guys. Yeah.
1: And then you could see who's bought into that mentality and who has it. Others were like, "Yep, let's go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's some that's like, "Come on, man, don't do that, man." <laughs> like, no, we're not that's doing it. that. <laughs> But it
0: shows. It shows the mentality. mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge, eh? Mm -hmm. That's life. Mm -hmm. That's life. When you're going through it, one thing you'll always notice is you're going to see who's still with you when you're at your lowest point. Yeah. And when you're just trying to push through, and you're Mm -hmm. gonna see who is not with you. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna weather away. Mm -hmm. And then that's where your discipline of I'm gonna keep going, and the real ones are gonna stay with you. Mm -hmm. And I love that because honestly, that's what I'm hearing from you. That just get you through life right there. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's deep, man. That's mm-hmm. deep. That's something I personally, just in a different facet of going through, mm-hmm. I could look left and right and I'm seeing who's here and who's not. Right. Some withered away, you know, they made it look good when they withered away. It's good to see you, man, mm-hmm. take care. But there's others like what you need. Yeah. And those are the ones, those are the rack clips that are staying yeah. there. Those are the ones that say, hey, you can do better. Mm-hmm. Come on, this is what we're gonna do today. Yeah. Man, it instilled in me too. So mm-hmm. hearing a story like that is such a good reminder yeah. to just say, "Hey, hey, we all need that person in our life," and then we're gonna really find out when it gets hard, when mm-hmm. we get tired. Yeah, because when you get tired, you start learning some things.
1: And I tell you, man, I feel like it's something that every man mm. needs to have in their life: the 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 ability to say, "This is not something I want to do," yeah. but I have the strength and the fortitude. To persevere through it, Oof, everybody yes. needs to have that experience of to to push through adversity. Right. A lot of people seem like they don't, they shy away from it. Yes. When you do that, man, it does things for you—not just for your body, but your mentality too. It changed my mind. Oh man, it changed my mind completely. Oh, like there's something bigger than just me, yeah. and I'm able to push through to see a goal. Right. Right. And what it does for you is it, it shows you that. It shows you what you can become. Yes. It shows you what you can overcome. Yes. Yeah, We don't want to. There's something to be said about doing something that you don't want to do, but pushing through it anyway. That builds the character of a man.
0: Adversity is everything.
1: It really is. You can learn so much during that time. You can teach yourself so much about yourself during those times. Another thing about Jimmy Radcliffe is, not only did he force us to have this kind of mentality but he also did something called um he was very goal-centered okay he said what do you want to do right. as a man what do you want to be as a man i'm 19 years old i don't know i want to yeah. play football yeah you know what i'm saying get these grades so i can stay eligible not yeah. cuz you know cuz i'm really concerned about grades so i can stay eligible you know what i mean that's really yeah. what it was at the time but he he made you think well you're Homework is you're not going to look in the playbooks tonight. Mm-hmm. I want you to come up with some goals okay, for your life. Okay. What you want to be five years, 10 years from now. Wow. And it's a big so, question. Yeah.
0: It really is. What kind question.
1: of person do you want to be? What do you want people to say about you? What do you want them to do or, or uh, how to interact with you? Mm-hmm. When you walk into a room, what do people feel? All the above. And some people didn't have the wherewithal the or the the uh what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't have the vocabulary to say, This yeah. is what I want. Gosh. They didn't even have the formula to plot it out the right way. So he gave us a sheet and he gave us prompts. And then we fill in the blanks. And that's our goal sheet. Hmm. And he did it himself. Okay. And he would carry his goals around him everywhere he went. Okay. Everywhere. And he had his goals back from Probably the 90s, maybe even before. And so he's walking around with him. He's like, I never leave home without him. Take him out. We always test him. Hey, Coach Rand, you got your goals? Yes, sir. I got my goals right here. Just walk off. That was his sneeze. So I, I got my goals. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I ever told you about this. I don't think you have. These goals I wrote down 2005 when I realized, because they changed. But then in 2005, I realized exactly what I wanted in my life. Wow. And wrote it on the sheet. And yeah, check that out. Check that and out. And then he, what he did is he, he took it, he shrunk it down. Yeah. And then he laminated it and gave it back to me. Wow. And he did that for all the players. I've had that in my wallet since 2005.
0: I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Man. That's so amazing.
1: Let me let me let me show you what it Let me read you what it says. It's amazing. It says my goal is. Well, number one. To be the best Christian athlete, entertainer, and role model to all who come to me in life.
0: Mm.
1: Number two, to be a good example of what a positive attitude, hard work, persistence and a strong faith and trust in Jesus can achieve in everyday life. Yeah. Number three, to always remember that my faith and obedience to Jesus is my first and foremost objective in life. There you go, and all the uh, other most important aspects of a worthwhile life. Um, and then uh, the quote that best describes me in my life at this point in time was Philippians uh, four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, and then there was some others um, like I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Which kind of Kind of fits to what I'm doing now with the gospel choir, exactly. <laughs> you know what 15 I mean. You're strong. Oh um, <clears throat> so I have this on me everywhere I go a reminder. as a reminder, because of that man. Yeah. And I know you asked me earlier. You know, do you have mentors in your life? I have probably four, mm. and I don't four talk to mentors. them every Oh yeah, blessed. Wow. Blessed life. My dad was my first mentor. There we go. My dad prepared me for life. Definitely. He prepared me for. For faith, yeah. Um, he prepared me for for disappointment. Yeah. He prepared me for for how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, he prepared me for my next mentors. Gotcha. My Thank other you. mentor is a man named Doctor Johnny Lake, okay. who I met at U of O, my freshman year in college. Okay. Now, here's the crazy thing. I was 19 when I met Dr. Johnny Lake. Did he come at the perfect time? Came at an interesting time. In life. Interesting. It was, it was always perfect. It's always perfect. Oh, but here's the thing. Remember I told you I was in foster care? Yes. So when, when the children who were at the farm compound were seized, we were pl- they, there were about 50 of us. Okay. They didn't know what to do with us. So until they figured out where they were going to place us, what foster co- home each kid was going to, right. they had us in a holding facility. Called McLaren, which is a school for 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 boys. Okay, it's like a juvenile de- detention center. Okay, right, and so they're holding us there as if we're bad kids, and apparently now this is the report. We were bouncing all over the walls. We were, you know, we were acting crazy, and you know they couldn't they couldn't control us. They didn't know what to do with us. Now, how old were you? A? I was just about to turn four, personally. About but, to turn four, but there was the age range was three yeah. to probably 10. Okay. The group of boys that I was with was three to three to five.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, and so they were like, well, we don't know what to do with these kids. And at the time we were actually very disciplined. They just didn't know how to talk to us mm. because they're a bunch of Oregon folks who don't know how to, how to talk to young boys from LA who take specific instruction. Mm. So they called this man in to come and talk to us and try to set us straight. Right. He comes in cracking jokes and telling stories, and we instantly fell in love with him. And we're like, man, this dude's fun. He he knows how to talk to us. Yes. Guess who it was? Johnny Lake. Dr. Johnny Lake. Wow. And then he came in for two weeks, almost every day, just talk to us, eat with us, read to us, crack jokes with us, you know. And then two weeks later, he was gone because we were all gone. We were all out of there. So he came in and did what he needed to do. I didn't see that man again until I was 19, 15 years later. Jeez. And guess what he said? <clears throat> this how, is this how he introduced himself to me. He said, hey, young blood. And then he stops. He goes, I know you. I'm like, you don't know me. I don't know you either. I don't know you. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I never forget energy. Yeah, I, I, never I never forget you. energy. Who are your Ooh. people? So I was like, my, my dad's Roosevelt Brown. Uh-huh. My mom's Andrea Brown. right? Uh, like, uh, I know you. I know you. He said, I never forget energy. And I tell you what, like, we were almost at the hip for probably two, three years after that. Because he, you know, he's telling me what he's doing with you know, his getting his doctorate, and education. He's always trying to help disadvantaged or uh, underrepresented um, youth. Okay, he's taking me to Churchill to you know play with the kids there and you know essentially be his his understudy you know to to do the work that he does yeah you know and I was honored to do it. Seven years after we met, we found out where we knew each other. Seven years yeah. a seven, seven years, years later.
0: That's crazy and how then, that
1: works, man. And then he was like, "I was there." Yeah, I was like, "You were there?" He was like, "Yeah, I was there." And then he started. Rattling off stories like, sure was you, man. And We didn't know until, until then. Wow. Seven years after we we reconnected, he didn't forget the energy. He didn't like that man's real. Yeah, that's one of my mentors. Energy
0: man, yeah. I love it. I love it. I tell people, I mean, listen to your heart first, but mm-hmm. energy keeps your heart beating. Mm-hmm. And that right there, mm-hmm. perfect example. The energy just doesn't yep. lie. Yeah. People can smile at you. They can tell you a joke, but the energy, if you're not feeling it, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. But when you are feeling it, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling in the world. Right. That's why they say love is a drug. It's the best <laughs> feeling in the world. Yeah. That's,
1: that's deep right there. And I respect people that are so in tune with energy Mm. that they can, they can remember it. It's almost like a, almost like a smell that you don't forget.
0: Right. Right.
1: And then you smell it again. It brings you back to someplace. Yes. 15 years later, 15. He was like, I know you. That is wild. And look, we spent two weeks together. Not even every day. And 15 years later, he remembers. Oh my, I was like, this dude's something special. This man's got a superpower. Right. That's one of my mentors. Um, one of my other mentors mm-hmm. is his name is Cedric G. Weary. He was the um mm-hmm. um the director of the gospel choirs and ensembles at U of O when I was an undergrad. Okay. And just down the earth dude. And I wanted to be like him musically. There you go. I was like, man, you real cool. Yeah. You know what you're doing, you're an expert, but you're not. Like you don't lord it over us. Like you, yeah. you're one of us almost. Right. It's like you can hang out and just vibe He's with a us. Leader. He was a leader by example. By example. Mm. But then he also did knew how to get out of us what he wanted. There you go. You know he was an expert at saying, "This is what I need you to do. This is how I need you to do it. Now let's make it happen." Repetition. Mm-hmm. And then he became a friend. So. Uh, blessed, blessed to have him. He man. he gave me aspirations of what I want to be in life. He had, you know, beautiful family, man. beautiful kids, all daughters, and I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be the son you never had. I yeah. never told him that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just kind of felt like that. Like man, yeah. I want to be around this dude. You know yeah, what I mean? So fourth one, the fourth one. Um, I'm gonna hold on to that one. Fair enough. I'm gonna hold on to that one. I'm gonna let you know next time. Bring me back and I'll tell you. All right, sounds good. You got a deal right there. <laughs> yeah. That's a deal. Man, so
0: get in, get in with football, having these mentors and having everything. Football, you're at U of O playing for five years. You did a redshirt year as well. Mm-hmm. How was football? How was it being in the being a college athlete? How was it being here at at Odson, playing through the games? How how was that experience for you?
1: I mean, that's that's a loaded question. There's so many experiences so many different emotions going into it Definitely. because I, I I spent five years as an undergrad
0: mm-hmm.
1: my first year as a red shirt walk-on mm-hmm. I was a preferred walk-on so I didn't have to try out but they knew you know that they wanted me on the team cool. and I was a preferred walk-on because they recruited me out of high school yeah. but I had committed to a different school okay um I thought I was going to go to USC really I yeah. thought I was going to go to USC. Back to um, LA. Oh, I'm going home. <laughs> home. Oh, I'm feeling good. Sunshine everywhere. Listen, yeah. <laughs> before I even signed any kind of commitment letter, I got a letter in the mail saying we'll no longer be requiring your services at USC, and I was pissed. Oh. I was mad. Like, what? How dare you? Right, right. I said, all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. Then I was like, if I'm not going to LA, I want to stay near my mom yeah. so I can, um, so I can, you know, stay close to her. I'm going to yeah. go to a university that's close to it, but, you know, for a way, far away, far away to where I'm not living at home. Definitely. So I was going to go to what university, which yeah. is very big, um, on academics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was a division three football team, but they had already won two national championships in the division three. Uh, yeah. So it was like, listen, the competition's up here. They have excellence and I'm going to be a starter. Yeah. They messed up my transcripts to where I would have had the gray shirt, which means I wouldn't have been able to play my freshman year. Man. And so I'm, my ego's like, "Nah, mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. if you don't take care of my my transcripts, that means you don't really want me here. I'm out of here. Right. So I'm not no gray shirt. So I call up the coaches at Oregon. Like, Listen, I'm coming to Oregon. They said that's great to hear, but we already gave away all our scholarships. It's, oh, it's, um no. Oh yeah, it's like beginning of July at this point. Yeah, that's 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 how messed up it was the timeline and i didn't know any of this was the case nobody i I didn't have any guidance so um i ended up going to oregon they were like listen you're welcome to come but we don't have a scholarship to give you so you'll have to be a walk-on this year but then you know we can give you a scholarship next year okay so i said okay well that's fine i guess that could work (laughs) yeah. <laughs> Neither, little did not did I know that you know you, there's a lot of financial aid stuff you got to go through if you're not on scholarship. Ooh, you got to yeah, go that through
0: stuff. Is oh,
1: man So I had to do all that. I had to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then being a walk on, mm. nobody knew that I was a preferred walk on. They just knew I wasn't on scholarship, so they treated me as such. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they just thought you just walked
0: on the field, literally. Yeah. Oh. They're like,
1: man, you just. Yeah, you not. They, right. They, they treat a lot of walk-ons like you're not special. Isn't that crazy? It's very crazy. Isn't that so crazy? There? It's very crazy. So, and it's not just Oregon. That's yeah. I, I guarantee you, that's probably every Power oh. Five university in the country. Oh man, and it gets worse nowadays.
0: I mean, with the age of social media and everything, perception is everything. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has this certain visual, you, mm-hmm. it's crazy how you're you just most likely will be treated. How do you counter it though? How does one counter? How does one counter? What's your counter? What does Andy L count? counter?
1: Counter!
0: <laughs>
1: uh, look, I didn't really have a counter. Okay. Until I had confidence. Mm. Because coming into high school, I didn't really—I wasn't solid in my identity yet. I mean, coming into college. Okay. I was still. My my whole thing is I want to fit in. I want to be normal. I want to be like everybody else. Yes, ninety nine percent of us want to. Absolutely. But then when you when you live life trying to fit in trying to be part of the status quo trying to be like everybody else and you don't embrace your uniqueness that God put in you mm-hmm. the slightest thing can shift you off off kilter and and, and you and you you'll implode or 100%. explode or you'll fall apart oh my gosh yeah cuz now you're 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 basically you're teetering on a on a fine line mm-hmm. and you're... you're Your purpose is swayed by other people's opinion.
0: Oh, my gosh. And when you don't have purpose, I got to tell you, that's one of the craziest, worst feelings. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real. When someone doesn't have purpose and doesn't even – okay, let me even say this. When they don't try to find their purpose, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Because when you're walking your path, Mm -hmm. I must say, it's a great feeling. It might be scary. It might be discouraging Mm -hmm. at times, but at least you're walking your path. Yeah. And that's what's huge. Yeah. Purpose. I, I, it's so true. I I always got to remember that at times, Mm -hmm. follow your path, especially nowadays with so many distractions on each end. Mm -hmm. It's
1: huge, man. It really is huge. And I didn't have that. Gotcha. I didn't have that. I was still trying to be like everybody else. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be accepted. But one thing I've known and my dad told it, um, my dad, yeah. That's my fourth one. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was you know, I had some hints right there. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> but he Sorry. told me now I'll go into detail, you know, next time. Next yeah, time. Next time. But uh is. he told me when I was young, he's like, You're not like everybody else, Andy L. Definitely. You can't do what everybody else does. You're Andy mm-hmm. L. You're Andy L. There's never gonna be another like you. Yes. You're not Isaiah, you're not Bobby, you're not Mike. Those mm-hmm. are my those are my my aces back then in got high you, school, got you. you're not Ronald, yep, you know what I'm saying? These are the people I used to try to be like. God. Gotcha. I used to try to fit in. These right. were the you know, the the most popular black people in my school. Ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: so
1: yeah. I'm gonna be like them. yeah, you can't be like them. You gotta be you, yeah. and I used to, man, I ran from it. I fought it, okay. I didn't want to be that because being me didn't give me the results I wanted. I didn't get the attention I wanted. I didn't get the love that I felt I needed just being myself. Yeah. I didn't get validation like I thought I needed Definitely. just being myself. So, no, I'm running from it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm taking that, I'm trying to hear what he's saying, but I'm taking that, that being like everybody else gave me a false sense of security, mm-hmm. but it, it was a, enough to keep me doing it. So I'm taking that little thin blanket into college. Yeah. So, huge. so when I, when I don't get the validation that I think I should for being a good athlete, because I'm a walk-on, yeah. it hurt. It yeah. shook me. Like, right. are you kidding me? Of you course. don't know who I am? Oh, man, the insecurities. You, you know my up, stats everything. in high school? Yeah. And, you the know. Pride, everything's, yeah. When you go to college, like, yes, high school stats don't matter. I didn't know that back then. Everybody's yeah, good. Right. Everybody's the best player on their team. Now. Right, right. But but I'm still like, I'm better than most of y'all here. Yeah. You know, I'm faster than most of y'all. Mm-hmm. I got more grit, more drive than you. Very few of y'all going to outwork me. Mm-hmm. You know, Kellen Taylor, he might outwork me. Mm-hmm. Justin Finney, he might outwork me. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody else. Man. I mean, that's how it was. And so, how are you not gonna treat me like everybody else? Mm-hmm. So now my confidence is shook. I'll never, never let anybody know it. Right. But I'm just, like, I'm emotionally on inside. I'm like, I'm, I'm really starting to. Struggle with who am I then? If I'm not, if I'm not celebrated for my athleticism, you're feeling it, yeah. You're really feeling it now. That's right. Because in high school, that's how I became popular. Yeah. That's how I started to, you know, feel myself and my own identity. I excelled in athletics. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I can be myself. But if that's taken away from me now, who am I? Who who
0: am I? Right. And that's a question, people. I I try to ask if you put the phone down, if you try to get things done. But hey. I appreciate you right here, man. I Mm -hmm. thank you for everything. We're going to keep a pause here because you know Part 2 is coming. Absolutely. So I want to say I appreciate you. Thank you for everything. Absolutely. We're tuning in for Part 2 soon, man. Yes, sir. World, we appreciate you all Tune in for Part 2 coming up. But for now, you all bless up. Have a good night.